The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Are there hot spots or grid lines in the world that attract more psychic attention by the energy they emit? Are there really vortices on the Earth? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Janice Goff, is a very psychic lady who has been on NDE Radio several times now, talking about what she's seen and photographed. On our October 14th, 1914, uh, 2014 show, she talked about a gift she has for photographing phenomena which seem to have at least one foot on the other side. And on our April 6th, 2015 show, she discussed what she saw at the uh, Haunted Hotel. And then on October 12th of that same year, what happened as a consequence of a wrong number she received. Janice and her husband, Kenny, live near the town of Sedona, famous for its vortex locations. But the house she lives in seems to be on a powerful site as well. Janice, welcome back to NDE Radio. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm getting started here. Yep, I'm doing fine. Surviving the heat of the uh, of the morning out in Arizona. Oh, it has been insufferable lately, but yeah. you know we love it here. So, Janice, you've experienced many amazing things in many locations in your life, from Mississippi to South Dakota to Arizona. But where you live now seems to be a power spot itself. Do you think the curtain between this world and the other side gets thinner in some special places? I, I really think it does. I'm not sure uh, exactly how all that works, except by the language that, you know, other people have given the, the veil thinner and grid lines and power spots and things like that. Um, I don't think that people who are psychically in tuned are the only ones that are experiencing these things. I think so many people do and maybe just don't, um, you know, tell other people about it very often. (laughs) But I think these these power spots probably um, increase, you know, activity, non-physical activity in the other dimension. You told me a hopey friend of yours stopped by and, and liked the place and felt comfortable there. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Everything was a mess, and I've got tools and lumber and things like that for building all over the place, and yet he seemed not to even see any of that and just talked about what he felt and um, how he really enjoyed being here and um, what a sanctuary it you know it was and i was like here i'm looking at all the physical stuff thinking wow well you know yeah but i thought i had to have it cleaned up for anybody to experience that mm. so these sort of things go beyond um you know our physical stuff and our physical activity and it helps people i think cross over easily to be able to see and feel the other dimension so I, I do think that there's a, I don't know, a cross line, a grid connection, a power spot of some sort here, because everybody that comes, 
you know, experiences something that you told me you part of their uh, yeah, you told me once that there was a, you thought there was a, a spot on the property that was a maybe a communication site for uh, Native Americans early on, you know, years before we were ever there. Yeah, I think um, I, I still experience there. It seems to be a fluid place of um, uh, in, inspiration. Uh, it helps with. Uh, Problem solving and things come together easily when you're working on projects. Uh, mm. And I don't experience that at other, you know, in other spots. I mean, physical spots on the property. It's like everything else is normal. It's, it's a struggle to try to keep it together and think and get work done. But when I go there and sit, things are fluid. So there's definitely something different about that particular little corner of the land here. Um, about a year ago, you emailed me about something you saw outside one night, and I was going to read that email to the listeners, if that's okay. Um, yeah, that, that would help me remember that. Okay. You wrote, I was doing paperwork until after 3 in the morning, went outside on the patio here at the kitchen, looked across, uh, and at the sidewalk by the corner of the living room across the way, right uh, by the beautiful creosote bush, was a glowing child-sized figure. Long, wavy hair that I could see was reddish-blonde because of the glow. I could swear I saw wings. And then you, you have, do angels really have wings? With four question marks. And you go on, I was standing up on the patio bench here above the uh, chick ladies. That's where you keep your... Chickens, of course. When I saw it, I stood there till I got dizzy staring at the night while standing in one place. I got down, opened the gate, and approached. I got to, to the kitchen patio and could uh, only see half the white gown. I stopped there, staring. The other half of the image was moving like it was a hologram. I stood there for a little while, just focused and staring, and then the whole image turned into movement like a prism hologram, and then all I saw was darkness. I walked over to where the image was standing and stood at the same spot it had been. The hair stood up on my arms and chills ran through my body. I heard and don't know if it was in my mind or ears. Peace is found on the inside. Where have you been looking? And I realized I was crying, wiped my face, and came back inside. I found that really moving. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I didn't remember all the details with that, but, yeah, I do remember that. Um, I actually thought maybe I should write that on the wall there. <laughs> found on the inside, where were you looking? That was pretty profound to me at that time as well. Um, I got that, I felt like I got that in a response from the house. Um I had painted some uh, stained glass windows, and I, I was using the stained glass paint, and I was questioning myself whether I liked it, and I liked the effect in the house, but I was questioning then whether I should leave it or not. And I set a cross in the window, <laughs> like, like an offering for an answer to that question. And that happened that morning. 
And I thought, okay, well, I knew I had sort of laid out a plea and kind of took that as my answer. But also in as an answer, things were really chaotic in our life at that time. So the, the message I got with that was pretty profound as well, mm. um, that we've all got to look for peace inside ourselves and not expect what's blowing with the wind in our day to, you know, for us to be able to manage and bring peace to us from the outside of ourselves. It's got to come from the inside. Yeah, that was that was pretty profound to me at that time. It's uh, like a shift in consciousness for the uh, the turmoil and the dramas we go through. It doesn't matter what's happening outside of us, but we've got to have the peace inside of ourselves to be able to manage everything in a peaceful yes. way. Um, on that same patio, I remember you telling me at one point that you've seen uh, what you called Bodax. Uh, that was, uh, it's got to be a couple of years ago by now. But perhaps you could tell the audience what Bodax are and, and what, how you interpreted I, you know, that. Lee, yeah, I don't know where I got that word from. I, I've had that word since I was a little girl, and I don't know where that ever came from. I don't know. I've never looked it up. I don't even know if it's a real word. Um, it, and I don't know if other people have even talked about Bodak. It is. It's been, it, it, it means, I think, some sort of a messenger of death or, um, uh, and if you, if they stare you in the face, you're going to, you may die. And I think it's used, uh, as a character in Dungeons and Dragons too. But it oh, has really? roots that go, go back before that. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I see them off and on. Um, I've seen them more here than I have in, at any other time in my life, but they've come through here several times, and they're usually uh, in, like, three at a time. They usually come in threes uh, when I've seen them. I don't know um, if that's... Well, you know, I only have my experience, so I don't know what others have experienced with that. And I've not ever heard anybody talk about that either. And I don't read um, other people's stuff or other people's recipes of how you do things and, you know, what it means. So I try to figure it out for myself. Um, mm. But they, that one time, I think that was pretty profound when they came through. Uh, it was actually, I, I think it was the daytime, maybe later afternoon, and three of them walked through. They're in dark cloaks, and they just came through and went across the property and went down across the street and went out that, you know, I could see the direction they were going in. And I went inside. Um, Kenny had just come in from work, and I told him, I said, I just saw three buttocks go through going across the property down, you know, across the street somewhere out there. And <clears throat> then we went on about our business, and later he comes and tells me, you know, there's an ambulance going uh, um, over on the street over there, and we're up on a hill so we can see everything down below. Mm-hmm. And he said there's an ambulance going over there, and I thought, well, that makes total sense. 
And uh, several weeks later, probably, I found out that somebody did die over there. So they were real sick and had passed on at their home. So I guess, you know, the Bodex went to a company. Now, what they do, I, I don't really know. I don't know if they uh, stand in, you know, like the movie Ghost. You kind mm-hmm. of see the the evil side of people in cloaks grabbing at their souls and that sort of thing. I don't, um, I don't get that at all. <clears throat> um, I think from what I experienced, because they don't come through and leave any dredges. You don't feel evil when they come through or anything like that. Um, it's more like they're just accompanying people or they're waiting or, you know, I have no idea, but I don't seem to get the evil presentation from them. So I don't really know who they are uh, beyond what I've seen. And I haven't seen them in conjunction with any of family members that have passed on either. So, you know, it always leaves more questions in my mind than answers. Right. Now, you say they wear dark cloaks. So what? How, how else would you describe them? Uh, like monks. Yeah, like monks. Long, dark cloaks with hoods. Mm. Do they wear a hat? And oh, they I, wear a hood over their head. Yeah, the hoods. I never see any faces. I just see the... Uh, you know the images go go through. Do they are they frightening to you? I mean, do you have the same reaction that you had to the angel? Um, no, uh, actually, I've been in the spot where they've crossed through, and I don't feel anything like that. Nothing that says, you know, I'm getting a message that this is personally affecting for me in some way. It's like when they they go through, they're gone. They've taken all of their self with them, so there's nothing left for me to experience when um, when they pass through. So I take it that it, you know, it's nothing about me. I just happen to be observing and experience somebody else's stuff. So it's interesting. You know, it's <laughs> interesting that they're crossing that that property, though, that you see them coming coming through the your yard. Yeah, I actually, um, after my mom left her body, I actually saw her in the same place, um, you know, there one time. And I said, and mom looked whole. She did not look ghost-like, like transparent. Um, and I said to her, Mom, what are you doing? And... Um, she said, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. And then she left. <laughs> she just kind of, <laughs> it just kind of went away, disappeared. And I thought, wow, okay. <laughs> was, was that a message from before she left her body that was hanging with her body? Or was that something she was actually doing now? Uh, in the whatever energy state she's in, and I just happened to, you know, see that. And we, people that pass on, I don't believe they take their bodies with them. I believe that we identify what we see and feel with them, um, and our mind gives an image 
to those feelings and understandings that we have. And because I knew it was mom that I was sensing, I gave mom a physical image. I could be wrong on all that, Mm. um, but that's kind of the way I take it, is that I recognized what I was sensing as mom and saw mom. Did she look the way she looked when she... uh Absolutely. Had, had died, or did did she look like uh, the way she, she appeared when same. she was younger? She she was dressed in a long jacket and um, purple sweatpants and a knit hat, hmm. and hmm. it looked exactly in the same outfit she wore here a lot. You know, face, everything, same age, same height. Mom's short. Same height, you know, everything. Well, she must have been saying goodbye to you, Janice, as as well as to the to the place. So she could have I mean, been. Lee, I haven't seen her again after yeah. that. And I didn't put those pieces together, but you're probably right. That was that was all. Now well, you had one other experience over the same property, or I guess you'd say on the same property. Not too long ago, when you when you saw the the sky darkened, maybe you could tell us about that. Um, that was <laughs> when I, I again I went out real early in the morning, and I was walking in the street, um, and had taken the dogs out to go to the bathroom real early morning, and walking back towards the house, looked up at the sky, and there wasn't one, and. As I was walking out, I was marveling at how clear the the stars were. Oh, and, you know, the Arizona skies are just incredible. So when we have clear night skies, it, it you know, the thousands of diamonds in the sky, they're just so uh, amazing. It, it's actually breathtaking when the sky is that clear. So walking back when I turned around and looked over the house and there was no sky, I was like, what, what, did a cloud move in when I wasn't looking or what? And I be, I was just staring and I began to see uh, an oval shape and then the stars began to appear. And I'm like, well, gosh, that black thing is moving. So the oval shape over the house was moving from the guest house over the main house and the sky began to appear. And I thought, oh, my God, this is huge huge and I realized I was looking at some sort of physical thing like uh, a ship, a craft, a um, balloon, (laughs) you know, a (laughs) boat, something moving across the sky and I ran inside and told Kenny, I said, oh my God, get up, get up, There's there's a ship over the house and he jumped up, he grabbed a flashlight and said, let's go signal it. And I'm running behind him out the house. And I said, no, no, I've got too much <laughs> to do. I can't go. And he said, well, I can. <laughs> 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 so he's running out on the patio. Well, it had, it had already moved over the main house, and all we had was our awesome sky. And... We, you know, we didn't see it anymore, and I'm like, oh, wow. So he's still signaling the sky with the flashlight. <laughs> and I ran back in the house, 
I said, no, no, I can't go. I've, I've just got too much to do. You know, too many people are dependent on me right now. And he's, and he's still out there saying, but I can go, I can go, come back. <laughs> wait for me, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. And that, that's probably the closest I've, I've ever been. I do have a picture of something that, um, Oh, one of the men from uh, MUFON said, oh, yeah, that's that's a ship, and that's what they look like at night and whatever. Um, and it, it's a type of uh, glowing object in the night sky. Um, and then I've got several other pictures of silver orbs around Bell Rock in the village of Oak Creek. Um, and... You know, those were identified from MUFON as well, and I've got, I don't know, I've got two or three photos like that that were identified by MUFON. We have we have friends that have people in the uh, organizational part of MUFON, so when I send them photos, they send it on to the, you know, their friend, and then we get feedback, so mm-hmm. I guess there's lots and lots of photos that are taken here like that. Actually, it seems to be pretty normal. And then there's people here that never see a thing, you know, and don't um, believe in all that. I'm like, wow, how did you get here? (laughs) (laughs) I know, to the Sedona area. (laughs) I know. We we call the people over there Sedonites because it seems to be so ungrounded. And, you know, we work really hard, so we're grounded people. Um, And... You know, come from the south where everything is just factual, black and white, and then you move out here, and it's like, wow, there's <laughs> break all the rules. There's no black <laughs> and white here. It's all vague and no answers. Do you suppose the UFO went over the house for any particular reason? I mean, was did the location have anything to do with it? Do they follow? You know, do they follow was, grid lines? <laughs> I was talking to. Um, Another gal uh, that we know that's also very grounded. She, um, uh, but she's an astrologer. She's uh, a very, uh, very gifted astrologer. And there are some out there that are just way beyond in their craft. And she's one of those. And she said, Janice, you know, I'm so glad you told me about this because um, everything I've heard tells me that people have experienced this, but there is an after gift after seeing something that clearly and that that close. And she said, so just watch for things uh, of un- unusual uh, gifts or unusual things that happen, um, maybe some changes in your body or, you know, real clear changes in your life. Um to come within the next couple of weeks, and I said, okay, so I <laughs> I kind of forgot that, but I don't remember anything actually happening for me that was out of the norm, and mm-hmm. I, I felt a little disappointed, but then I'm the one that said, I can't go, don't, you know, I've got too much to do, yeah. so my consciousness, I was already closed off from anything that they might have you know, left behind that could have been for us. Um, but I haven't seen anything else like that. 
you know. So were they following a grid line? I don't know. I do hear that they do that. Hmm. Well, I've uh, been saving the best for last. Uh, you have to tell the audience about your chicken. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we, we do get gifts now and again that are unusual. <laughs> and and this ended up being one of those gifts. We um, I have 12 chickens. I had one that died. And I had a friend that called and said, I've got two chickens that are just really bitches, and I need to find a home for them. And I said, oh, well, I'll take them. You know, I didn't have any problem with that. And so one day they brought them over. Well, I named them Jackie and Ty because that's the name of the friends that gave them to us. And they're both female hens. Um, Eventually, Ty died. And my flock did not want Jackie with them in the community. Their pecking order is really when they don't want somebody in their kind of like humans, you know, we're mm. bullies. And so mm-hmm. my flock was really, really a bully for Jackie. And she was not, not only not happy, she, they weren't letting her eat or anything. So I took her out of the chicken house and chicken yard, brought her up to be a house chicken. And she's been upstairs with us now, oh gosh, I don't know, what is it, four or five months now maybe? Anyway, Jackie, um, in the daytime, she stays in the house. I've got four dogs. She's part of the, part of the dog flock and with us. And, but in the daytime as well, she goes over to our little trailer and hangs out with my cat. So one day out, I was on the phone and the doors open and I heard, um, outside mama and I thought, well, what? You know, and I thought it was kind of like one of those experiences where you hear somebody call your name. And I just ignored it. I thought, well, I'm, I'm hearing things. And I left it alone. <clears throat> and then a few days later, Jackie's in the house and Roz and I are doing paperwork in the office area. And we heard a growl in the kitchen. And I thought, I immediately looked because clearly it was a dog growl. I immediately looked around and mentally checked one, two, three, four, counted all my dogs, and I thought, oh, my gosh, maybe I left the back door open and a dog wandered in. So I went into the kitchen, and Jackie's there at the water bowl. <laughs> and I am like, really? <laughs> you, that had to have been you, really? Both Roz and I heard it, and it was clearly a dog growl. I am like, wow, oh, this is kind of amazing. And the next day or two, I'm on the phone, front door's open, and I heard a cat outside. And um, I just kind of ignored it, but I told the person I was talking to on the phone, I said, I just heard a cat outside, and I, it was not James's voice, my cat, and I can't believe that a stray cat wandered up with four dogs here. So I got off the phone, went out front, and Jackie's standing there. And I said, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> you know? And so this cat is is imitating the voices you mean the, in her family, this chicken, in her environment. This chicken is <laughs> yeah, this chicken, yeah. I, I, I'm just, like, totally floored. Well, one day, 
the dogs are, somebody came to the door, the dogs are just out of control barking like they always do, and Jackie is barking. And I thought, oh, my God, this is way too funny. Um, at nighttime, she gets up on my desk, and I put a YouTube on for her on the computer screen of a chicken there clucking, clucking, clucking. <laughs> and it's, oh my, this YouTube is a 10 hour video, okay? <laughs> it'll, it'll go on as long as I want to leave it on for her. And she sits right there and watches that chicken. She settles down and just sits there with it, you know, and visits. And every now and again, we'll hear her talking back, you know, way too funny. So I had no idea chickens did this. But I guess bringing them in and helping them, they develop a personality, and it all comes out of them. Well, they so say it, birds' just, brains are very intensely um, uh, developed so that even though they're very small, the, the neurons are very densely packed. And uh, it sounds like you're... You, your chicken is a reincarnated parrot, though, because I've never never heard a story like this. Oh, tell them about knocking on the door. Oh, gosh, yes. 9.30 one night, Kenny and I had gone to bed early, and it was 9.30 or 10, and we heard a knock on the door, and we kind of looked at each other like, well, who would be knocking this time of night, you know? And we had already been sleeping, so we really weren't clear with, what time it was, I got up, opened the door, and it was Jackie. I had forgot to bring her in. She nests <laughs> in a basket <laughs> next to the bed, and I had forgot to bring her in for her roosting time. So she's knocking on the door. You know? <laughs> That's wonderful. Anyway, well, she makes us laugh. <laughs> Janice, uh, we're out of time, but I really want to thank you. This this has uh, been wonderful. <laughs> uh, let me thank Janice Goff, our perennial guest, for sharing her experiences uh, in Arizona and her, at, her, at her house with us today. And if you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at <clears throat> nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IONS and our upcoming conference in Orlando, Florida, it's less than three weeks away, folks. Check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.